Hi, my name is Duncan and we're the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London this week, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. First up, Matt, what is your football moment of game week one? Um, well, I'm going to leave the Man U game to the other Man U fans um, and just sort of start off also because I was uh, sort of doing other things at the same time. So I couldn't watch it intently and I, I intend to thoroughly watch the highlights a few times over. Um, but uh, just the start of the season and Liverpool on Friday night, um, you've sort of all the agonising over fantasy teams. Then you go for Salah to captain. and I went for a couple of Liverpool defenders and that all came off. So it was great from a fantasy perspective, but also... I know it's only been a few weeks since we last saw football, but it's amazing how much you sort of miss it. Um, and so it was just nice that it was sort of a nice goal-scoring game on a Friday night um, to, to kick it all off. And so that was my football highlight of the week. That's a lovely highlight. I think that everyone in the FBL community probably shares that one. So, yeah, you reminded me how nice that Friday night was. It's really nice. Nice. Um, Andy, what was your football highlight of the week? Uh, I am going to pick one out from the, the Man U game. I think it was... Daniel James uh, scoring the final goal. He came on from the bench and looked very, very lively. And it was 3-0 up. So you sort of think the team is going to like just sort of bring the players in to get a bit of an experience of the atmosphere and used to being on the pitch at Old Trafford. Um, but he actually like was really running at players and managed to score a goal. And his celebration at the end, you could see, he was, I think he was crying um, when he scored because he was so happy to have like made an impact on his debut. So uh, yeah, sort of personal moment in a in a big team victory really nice in in light of uh, i saw some headlines before he signed for manu or when he signed for manu that he lost his dad in may and his dad was a big kind of part of his career so far so yeah all that emotion kind of pouring out after he scored i imagine which is you know really good to see him starting well yeah nice to know he cares yes yeah, yeah definitely does um Ben, how about you? What was your football moment of the week? So, unsurprisingly, mine is also from the Man U game, which I watched very intently. And it's not so much maybe um, my delight at seeing Harry Maguire and Juan Bissaka playing. We obviously spent a lot of money on them and they played really well. But it's also just the delight of not seeing Chris Smalling, Phil Jones and <laughs> Ashley Young in our back line. <laughs> in fact, Smalling and Jones weren't even on the bench, which made me feel even better. So I think that was my football high of the week. And um, Maguire and Bissaka, AWB FPL legend from last year, they played really well, I thought. Um, especially Aramon Bissaka, impossible to dribble past him, I think. And going forward, he looked a threat as well, I thought, in the first half at least. Yeah, I think um, was bombing down the right, probably still work on his crosses a bit, but um, overall, pretty pretty happy. Uh, I'm just a bit gutted. I don't have any Manu defenders in my team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, the man who brought in Harry Maguire, he's put his his money where his mouth is. One hour before the deadline, where I I picked based on data and all this research and like um, sort of studying like form guides and and the like, and I had Dino in there, and I thought. Do you know what? I've got no Man U players. I just need to pick a Man U player randomly. Uh, so just went pure, pure fanboy um, for Maguire, and it, it worked out. He got well. I think... He got exactly the same number of points as Dinho did. So it, was, <laughs> it didn't work out that well. But yeah, it... but it's cheaper though, isn't it? You saved you saved half a million there, so that's worth it. That is true. I do have half a million in the bank. Suddenly, those um, five point five Man U defenders don't look so much of a gamble, but we'll see. I think you know we don't want to jump the gun early. My football highlight of the uh, game week was Arsenal's last minute kind of flourish of signings um, kind of shades of the window where we bought Mertesacker and Arteta and all those players at the last minute. David Luiz, he's entertained me for years for the wrong reasons, but, um, you know, Arsenal back line is always entertaining. And now we've got a player who can entertain with quality and the opposite. So um, an upgrade on Mustafi and, it's going to be good fun watching him, that's for sure. And um, Sebalos, Saliba, Pepe, you know, we've gone out there and we've done some what looks like good business. So, yeah, that was my football highlight. I saw a great line about that where um, I think it was in The Guardian. Somebody had written, the, you'd added uh, an actual clown to an already comedy defence. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that would have been fair a couple of years ago, but maybe not so much anymore. I know he's a figure of fun. 
but he, last season he was one of the best defenders in the league, I think, and the stats and fantasy back that up. Um, so if he continues in that vein, he may be just a player who needs, uh, you know, age and a bit of maturity like some centre-backs do need. Uh, I say all this now. He hasn't actually played a game for Arsenal yet, so, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, so what we're going to cover this episode, first of all, we're going to take a look at our, our own teams very briefly. Um, we've introduced a new fancy football fanatics combined team, putting all our heads together. Um, we're picking a team as, as a team this season. But we're quickly going to talk about our favourite moment from our own teams, just so we don't lose that. Um, then we're going to have a look at the combined team, have a look at the upcoming fixtures for game week two, um, take another look at our gut punts for game week two, which we've changed slightly this season. And Annie can give us a bit more information on that. Um, yeah, so let, without further ado, let's get cracking. And um, Matt, do you want to go first with your kind of your highlight of your fancy football game week? Um, well, I mean, overall, it's all gone pretty well because I think the, the, the highly uh, picked players like uh, Salah and Sterling that in my team did very well. So that means that I've got a very good score overall. I mean, the one disappointment I, I have, uh, which I think a few others probably have uh, who follow fantasy football quite closely, is um, Leandro Trossard, the Brighton winger who did so well in pre-season and looked quite exciting, uh, got dropped and didn't play a single minute. So that uh, looks like some early surgery might be needed already in my, uh, my new lineup. So he was the one disappointment, but otherwise a, a very good week for my team. That's so unlucky because in pre-season and all of the advice was saying that he was on set pieces, he could be on penalties, he was, you know, he was going to be the main man for Brighton and Pascal Gross was a thing of the past. Yeah, I mean, I read all the research about his previous uh, season when he doing really well in the Europa League and like captioning the side from quite a young age. It's like, oh, this guy looks amazing. He's going to be great. Um, definitely nailed on. And they... Then I saw that they won 3-0 away from home. Like, right, let's see if he got any assists. And it turned out he didn't, didn't even make the, the, the team. Um, so, yeah. Who's coming in, Who's coming in instead of him? Well, I might wait and see for another week because I think Potter afterwards was... Oh, no, sorry. I mean, who's being subbed in? Um, oh, Max Ahrens for, for two points for playing and minus two points for conceding four goals by playing. So a healthy zero? Yeah, nothing. Um, probably should have gone for well Greenwood would have got me more um, but there we go uh, but yeah I think next week for Trossard I, I might keep faith just for one more week because Potter did say that uh, he wanted to go, kind of give um, sort of uh, the, the, the players who've been there for a while and have experienced the Premier League um, a go in the first game and I think he'll phase in the new signings over the coming weeks I think he might be a wise man um, Graham Potter we'll have to see Um Andy, what was your football moment of your own team? Sorry, your FPL moment. Um, <clears throat> well, my points came in quite late. Um, I had Martial and Harry Kane. So I got, uh, got a few goals from those two. Uh, it was looking really, really bad before Kane scored twice because he luckily he was my captain, so he did well. Um, I did make a couple of errors of judgment. Um, I picked Bernardo Silva because having had such an amazing season last season, I thought he'd uh, hit the ground running this season, but he didn't play. So that went badly. Um, also, I, I had um, Simpson from Bournemouth also in my team thinking he'd play right back for four million. Uh, he didn't, um, but they didn't keep the clean sheet anyway. But annoyingly, uh, I had a Lewis Dunk on the bench um, and not only on the bench, but he didn't even come on, even though two of my players didn't play because he was my third uh, bench warmer. So I have one of the sort of stars of the week sitting there with 11 points that doesn't come into my team. Um so, yeah, I'm going to get two points each for Calvert-Lewin and Lanzini coming in when I could have had 11 if I just moved Dunk up one position on the bench. That is gutting. And, um, I mean, we were discussing it before we came on air, but you've gone without Sterling and without Salah. It's a really bold move. Are you going to stick with that? Um, it's not that I'm going without them forever. It's that, um, obviously, that you know that, that again has gone badly for, for day one. I was, uh, when Sterling got a hat-trick, but I sort of see um, Tottenham coming up for uh, Man City and my sort of my thinking was that I might want Sterling for the run that comes after the Tottenham game. So starting week three. Um, and my thinking with Salah is that um, the Liverpool early fixtures, um, they've got quite a few red fixtures running up to game week 13. So my plan was to have Sterling and not have Salah and then switch in game week 13. 
Um, so it's not that I'm like rejecting them both. It's that I'm, I had a plan with them both to bring them in later. Fair enough. Thinking ahead. I like it. Ben, how about you? What's your moment of your game week? So I've also had a, a good start, similar kind of team to Matt um, with Salah and Sterling. So I'm pretty happy with my 86 points. I think FPL managers who have budget goalkeepers probably feel good about this week. I had Nick Pope who got eight points. So yeah, I'm just, I think if you had done your research, you were probably rewarded this game week. Also Lundstrom um, got got the start and actually played the majority of the game and actually looked pretty dangerous and he's only 4.0. I think a lot of the 4.0s, um, Martin Kelly as well played. So yeah, I think it, it's been a good week if you have kind of done your research FPL-wise. I think that's fair enough. And I think, yeah, that budget keeper that you mentioned is a, a good shout because quite a few of them did come in. So yeah, good point. Um, for my FPL moment of the week, I think... Okay, my own team, I mean, these don't have to be all positive. I think I got a good score. I think I'm on 80 points at the moment and probably stay there. Um, I think it's my football moment is a slightly negative one. It's Ross Barkley, who was my gamble, who I thought was worth the gamble. I thought he, this would start of the season would be the first time where he really steps up and looks like he's going to be the business. I thought in the first half that I did see of, of the game, that he looked at Chelsea's biggest threat. Um, I missed the second half. I had uh, baby work to do, um, but I saw he got subbed on 57 minutes. What a gutting, gutting time to be substituted. And um, I don't know if you guys saw how good he was in the second half, but I hope he didn't revert to his old self. I just don't remember him playing, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're a bit invisible. I think they just got overrun in the second half, um, Chelsea. So their heads oh, dropped a bit. Oh dear, it sounds very similar to the old Barkley then if he kind of disappears after showing promise. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, okay, um, Matt, do you want to take us through our, the listeners through our Fantasy Football Fanatics team and, and how it's done? Yeah, well, we were talking about the, the possibilities of Hive Mind um, with us all picking this team and input into this team. So it's outscored all of our teams individually in game week one. So it's a, it's a fantastic start for it. So we've got uh, Guaita in goal, got his uh, um, six points. Uh, one of our cheap uh, goalkeepers got, got the clean sheet. We had Lewis Dunk in the lineup, so that's a, it's a very nice 11 points sat at the back alongside Alexander Arnold and Van Dijk um, and Zinchenko all getting scores as well. So that was a, a really strong defence. Uh, we have Sterling. Uh, I mean, we didn't captain him, but uh, we do have that hat-trick for him. We didn't have Salah. We had Mane instead, so uh, that's a bit of a bit of a bummer. But of course, we didn't have the budget for that. Um, and we also went for the Barkley, uh, which didn't work out too well, um, much like Duncan's uh, gamble. Um, but we did have Kane up front, and we captained him, so he, he got us twenty six points. Um, so that went really well. And then uh, we've got a massive shout out to our our man Andone, who uh, came off the bench for Brighton and scored. But unfortunately, is our third sub, and so therefore. No points for our team, but 89 points overall. It's a very strong start for the team. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to decide who's going to do uh, the transfer uh, for next week and what our team's going to be. Um, and so we're going to go with the, the highest sc individual scorer um, out, of our, out of us all, and that's, that's Ben. So, Ben, do you have a suggested transfer to make or a couple of transfers? So, as the dullard... Well, competing with Dolan, with Matt, um, I <laughs> am tempted to bank the transfer um, because the team looks pretty well set up for next week. I, I think Ross Barkley, we, we should give him another week. He had that one chance at De Gea save, so he, he, was, he did look um, threatening, I think, um, in the first half. And then I would expect, hopefully, Mane to be back for next week, although... The, the risk there is Origi did play really well in a game week one. But I think our bench is looking strong too. Um, Kelly, Dendonka, and Done all got points this week. So I think we can <laughs> be boring and just bank the transfer. I agree. I think, I think the only player that I'd be slightly concerned about at the moment in the team is Josh King. I think this happened last season. A lot of the FPL community decided that Josh King was a good peak for game week one. I had him on my team. 
and I've done it again. I've got him in my team, and he's in the joint team. But I think maybe one one more week for him, and then when they play Man City in game week three, maybe if he hasn't performed against Villa, which he's playing this week, then maybe we shift him out. Yeah, I thought Bournemouth looked really shonky this week. Actually, like they um, they didn't really look very creative, um, and. You know, but they go through those long runs of terrible form. Bournemouth. It, it it looked like it might be the start of one of those to me. So, um, yeah, I think that's maybe a, he, Josh King maybe a candidate for our first transfer out whenever we do that. But we don't think we should do a transfer this week. I was expecting a bit of a debating point about who do we transfer. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is unanimous about the fact we should just do absolutely nothing, just sit on our team. Um, well, that's. That's game week one, isn't it? If you've set up correctly, then you have the luxury of waiting for two transfers the following week. Who do we captain next week? I think is a is an and who do we pick question. as well? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so um, I think we've we've sort of decided, yeah, on a no transfer, save it because it's going really well, and there's not too much surgery needed, and we can wait for Barkley and King. Um, so, what, captaincy options next week? I mean, our big hitters are Sterling and Kane and Mane um, in midfield and, and attack, or we could go for a defender. So, uh, Ben, do you have a preference? Um, for capped, well, the, the tricky thing next week is Man City play Spurs. Uh, I think Mane is probably too risky to captain because I'm sure if he's going to start. So, I would be tempted by Sterling. It's tough, isn't it? Because, I mean, Mane would be a great captaincy shout against Southampton, his old team, away from home, um, you know, his pace on the break and generally how confident he looked coming on uh, against Norwich. But like you say, Origi, his replacement played well. Mane may not be totally fit. Why do they need to rush him back? Origi, you know, brilliantly. So He's also quite yeah, good I, at home, I, I think, um, Mane, isn't he? Uh, his reputation for being quite good at Anfield and doesn't get so many goals away from home. That's true, yeah, that's true. Would you consider anyone else, Ben, outside of those two? Uh, could we do something punty? Let's see. I wonder if Van Dyke is worth considering. Also a former Southampton player. Um, mm. Like, to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. If you can't be punty with a, a joint team, then one can. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, I, yeah, I, I think Van Dyke's a good shout. Because Southampton... I mean, didn't didn't score this week against Burnley. Although I thought Liverpool didn't look as solid as they normally do at the back, and they also hate captaining defenders. But yes, either Sterling or Van Dijk, maybe. All right, um, I'm going to vote for Sterling because I think that's still the stronger pick than going for a defender. Because um, it's not. I don't think they're so nailed to get a clean sheet away from home, um, Liverpool. Uh, I also agree. I just wanted to have a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the um, Do you remember the Champions League semi final with Man City Spurs last season? How many goals went in there? Maybe it will be another game like that. Yeah, I didn't think um, Tottenham looked convincing at all against Villa, so I would expect, and especially given that the sort of the specific place that they looked unconvincing was when Danny Rose went forward. There was so much space behind him. Um, it does look pretty ripe for Raheem Sterling. Do you know, actually, Sterling was playing on the left wing, weirdly. Well, you know, he plays there quite a lot, but he was playing on the left wing, so he'll be up against Walker Peters, who's kind of fresh blood, really. Uh, yeah, he was this week, but it is Pep Guardiola, so you never really know what's going to happen next week. That's true. All right, so we've got I... Sterling captain, but should we play our, our new star, Andone, um, in our team and sub him in. Well, can I? I think we should definitely play Martin Kelly because if he's going to play right back against Sheffield United, that seems like a, a clean right. sheet waiting to happen. Who, who would you replace him for? Uh, well, I think Josh King's got to be benched, so that that would be my uh, first pick, or maybe maybe Perez. Yeah, actually, I'm going to say that Kelly and Perez. I don't. I don't think that's a good idea. I think that. Um... Crystal Palace will be playing against Sheffield United their first game in the Premier League for a long time at their home stadium with their home fans behind them. And they can score goals. They've got a lot of strikers who want to prove themselves. 
there's a lot of competition up front and they've got Billy Sharp off the bench. So I, I think, um, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah, finally I, I, disagreement. All right, guys, I, I, I second that disagreement. I, I'm not sure. I mean, four million Kelly's is uh, was a bonus that he got a clean sheet um, this week, but I think away from home, Sheffield United more likely to score, and someone like Perez is. I mean, he didn't score, but no one from Leicester scored um, this week. Uh, maybe worth just another week as a bit more of a, a goal scoring midfielder. Do you know what I think we need to do next week? Yeah, I think uh, I think we need to talk about the Fanatics team after we've previewed the fixtures because normally that you know that solidifies our, fe- our thinking a little bit more. Yeah, that's a good shout. It's a good shout. We can uh, we can review the running order for that. Um, I mean, do we want to do Andoni in for King or or do we still think Andoni is a bit of a sub? I think he's still a sub. Agree. Ben? Agree. And only didn't start for Brighton. He, he came on last 20, 30 minutes. So I would at least want to give Josh King a run out against Villa. Yeah, I think Andale is a bonus point as well. As well. I, I, I think it's great that he scored a goal. <laughs> I don't think we can rely on that happening repeatedly. I think Graham Potter's new and he doesn't quite understand the power of Florin Andone yet. Not many people do. So <laughs> it'll take time. <laughs> so, so, um, if, if I'm correct, then, uh, after this discussion, we're going to make no transfers and keep, <laughs> keep exactly the same lineup. make no changes other than to swap Kane's captaincy to Sterling. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's just yeah. because we're so good at setting up our team at the beginning. No changes needed. Just set and forget team. <laughs> what about on the off chance that um, Sterling doesn't play? Do we want to pick a vice captain? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, good. Kane, Kane. I think Kane's got the bit between his teeth. He's got two goals. Why not? Sure, I'm fine with that. All right, I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe we'll move Andoni to first sub. That will keep things interesting. <laughs> I, should, I should say. I'll just jump in. I don't think we've mentioned yet. I know that we said it scored more than all of our individual teams, but it it got 89 points. So oh, I think we forgot to mention that at the start, which is a great great start for the team. Yeah. All right then. Excellent. I think we're all set then because it's it's doing so well. Why why change something? A winning formula. Okay. Um. So next up, we're going to go through the fixtures for game week two. And first up, it's Ben with Arsenal Burnley. So I, since I'm in the USA, sadly Duncan did not wake up at four a.m. to watch Arsenal play. But um, I, a couple of things I thought were interesting. Um was no Lacazette starting. So I think Aubameyang, Mkhitaryan surprisingly played a lot of that game. Um, and I think as many of us predicted pre-season, Burnley are kind of back to classic Burnley where no distractions from Europe, defensively solid and uh, our favourite Ashley Barnes banging them in. But I think I would, I would still expect Arsenal to win this game um, pretty comfortably, I think. Um, Maitland-Niles too I think also got an assist so he, he's an interesting one if he can lock down that position I don't know Duncan as an Arsenal fan if you know he's going to be a regular but I think he does have uh, a pretty attractive price as well so yeah predicting Arsenal win um, would expect Aubameyang and, and Maitland-Niles at, at 5 million might be interesting um, but yeah that's kind of how I see it going I think um, on the Maitland-Niles thing, he uh, he's going to have competition from Bellerin when he comes back from injury, but Bellerin's injury is to his knee, and it's quite a serious one and has been out for a while, so that's not going to be any kind of quick rush back. And even when he does, a high chance that he could you know, have a recurrence of that injury and only slowly be reintroduced to the team or possibly even you know rotated once he's fully back. So... Maitland-Niles, I think, will grow into a, a first-team player, uh, or at least a squad rotation first-team player, um, similar to the Tottenham fullbacks. By the time Bellerin is back, I think he's. I know I was rude about it last season, but I think he's grown. Would you agree, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought I think for the price, he could be interesting. Um, 
if you're looking to make transfers, but maybe hold on for a bit. I, I think Obama Yang is also. Uh, I think Arsenal have a pretty decent run of fixtures, um, and he looks like he's continuing from where he left off last season. Um, very clinical finish today, so I would expect Arsenal to to kind of beat beat Burnley. I think. Can I just jump in before you finish on this? You haven't mentioned the god that is the man that I love to hate, Ashley Barnes. Two goals. People wrote him off. They said he wasn't on penalties. They had <laughs> some tough fixtures. This one included Arsenal. But the man is—he's a football deity, isn't he? He is. Uh, I did mention him, um, but I would hold off on Barnes. He's got—he's got Arsenal away. He's got Wolves away. Wolves are good uh, at defending, and then Liverpool at home. But after that, he may be worth a, a punt. I think the the other punt was Chris Wood, which didn't work out as well. Um, the only thing with Barnes is he uh, doesn't typically last the 90 minutes, I think. So I think you saw uh, J-Rod come in for him. But yeah, I mean, he is a legend. The problem is when you expend that much energy, not just on playing football, but, you know, hurting other people and getting inside them head you can't it's tiring yeah it's tiring yeah, same with troy dini he gets tired doing that as well <laughs> they're not old they're just very angry <laughs> um okay matt aston villa bournemouth what do you think to that one um so uh, i mean bournemouth drew their first game uh but didn't look particularly convincing um and we were just talking about king not not looking like he was up to much um and then Villa lost to Spurs. I thought McGinn's goal was, was excellent, the way he took it. Um, so he could be one to keep an eye on um, as a goal scoring, quite cheap, 5.5 midfielder. Um, and it might be going up in a price, price value in the, the sh- uh, in the near future. Um, Villa, first game at home. But Bournemouth, I think, are a better team. Um, I think this has got potentially a draw on a goal scoring draw on it. Um, and so certainly I'm going to keep King in my team to see if he can uh, do it next week um, and I think if you've got the likes of Wilson and Fraser that whilst they didn't hit the ground running necessarily and explode um, in game week one um, they've still got a good run of fixtures and so therefore I think uh, you can put that maybe just down to one game and then over over a few game weeks they should still get some points in these early, early fixtures I'd expect because Bournemouth remain this attacking team that uh, are better than most of the opposition they're playing um, and Villa we, uh, yeah, still early days, I guess, to see how they're getting on um, and that they'll have the excitement to their first game at home. Um, but I think they got absolutely dominated by Tottenham. So it's it's sometimes hard to judge, but I, I, I think they'll be scrapping against uh, relegation this season. And so uh, we'll see how they do. I think that's a very good preview. And I think you mentioned Wilson and how he, you know, he got an assist, but they're not quite in their stride attack-wise yet. I think the big thing from last season with Wilson was his stats away from home were so good. Um, and this is an away game. But on top of that, Fraser was so effective against the lesser teams in the league. So this is kind of well up those two, like you said. Um, if you've got them, then, yeah, stick with them, I'd say. Good shout. Yeah. Um, so, boring draw is what I'm going to say. Um, towards the end of match of the day. With goals? With goals. With goals. Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Okay. Um, Brighton-West Ham. Um, I think this is one for me. Um, this, is, this is quite tough to predict because I don't think a lot of people expected Brighton to come out and uh, blow Watford away and keep a clean sheet and you know, look quite good going forward. And, and now they're at home and they're against a West Ham team who it's hard to tell how, how good they are this season because they had Man City in the first game and that's going to be tough for anyone. I think definitely up front for West Ham, Haller, the new striker at 7 million, looked a little bit off the pace and looked like he wasn't quite in tune with his teammates yet. You know, he went to the near post when the crosses went to the far post. Uh, he came short when the ball went long, stuff like that. So I think West Ham, again, as they do, have made a lot of signings. And one summer, they need to just not sign anyone, and just stay on the training field and get some you know, some kind of form and some cohesion before they start the season. So 
I think maybe West Ham will do similar things to what they did last season, which is start slow and then get into their stride a bit, um, you know, just before Christmas or around then uh, when it starts to get a bit colder. Um, sad to see Mark Noble not in the team from the start. Jack Wilshire replacing him because I love Mark Noble. Um, I never thought he'd actually stop playing for West Ham. I thought he'd be there forever. Um, Brighton, Matt shouted out Trossard and how he didn't start. I think uh, Pascal Gross, uh, if he retains his place, which he surely will from his good showing, or you know his stats-wise anyway, um, in the last game, then maybe he's a player to stick with if you've got in your team. I would, I know if I had him, because if Potter, if he proves himself to Potter, he's such an effective a player when he's fit. Um, so maybe that competition from Trossard will only kind of spur him on. And then, of course, you know, Andone, we've mentioned him. He's a hero, um, <laughs> but he's not, he's not yet there. He's not yet quite there. Um, did anyone else um, have anything more to say on Brighton? I'm, I'm just shocked someone likes Mark Noble. Is that, is that common? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I kept it to myself all this time. <laughs> now I have to tell someone. Uh, yeah, the man is just, he's an F, well, he's not an FBL legend. He's a Premier League legend. He's been there so long. I think he was there when the club was founded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure he was. Andy, what do you reckon to Everton Watford? I think this is two teams who have both had pretty disappointing showings in their opening fixtures. I think a lot of people this week would have looked at um, an Everton side that were highly hyped pre-season against a Palace side that weren't and had conceded a lot of goals pre-season and worried for Palace. Um, but they didn't really materialise. Um, ended nil-nil with uh, Schneiderlin being sent off. So um, I think Everton have something to prove now in their, uh, in their next game against Watford. But Watford likewise, uh, you mentioned before that not many people would have predicted Brighton to come out and and win that game. Um, so, yeah, I think both teams have something to prove next week. Um, but both teams have started slightly sluggishly and um, with key players underperforming. So, I don't know. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be transferring in players from either team based on this week's performance. I'd be waiting to see what happens in the, ne- in the, in the coming few weeks. Um, the one thing about Everton is that their opening sort of run of fixtures is pretty kind. Um, right up to game week 14, they play Leicester and then Game week 15, 16, 17, 18, they've got Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U and Arsenal. So because it's all stacked then before that, they've got a pretty kind run of fixtures. So if they do emerge from uh, a poor opening week and become the team that we know they are really, then they, there's, there's sort of time to bring them in and still get the uh, the good fixtures. So I'd be holding off on Everton to see what happens. Um, I, I disagree slightly. Just, just from the fact that Everton, I agree, attacking-wise, aren't there... They weren't there in pre-season with the attack. They weren't there against Palace in the attack. But in pre-season and in the Palace game, they kept clean sheets. And I think the options for Everton maybe are not in those advanced positions, but in the full-backs and maybe with um, Mina as a differential, you know, his threat from corners and now he's starting first team. I think that's where the points are for Everton, if they are anywhere. Yeah, I know what you mean. Just... Sorry, Ben. Yeah, the only thing as a, a Dina owner is I'm a little bit worried because for the next game, uh, Schneiderlin got sent off and Andre Gomez, the other central midfielder, got injured. So I'm a little bit worried. And obviously, um, Gay has gone to PSG. So I, I'm a, they're a bit thin defensive midfield-wise. So that I, I agree with you, Duncan. But I'm, as a Dina owner, I'm a little bit worried that they've lost their two kind of defensive midfielders. It also feels Definitely. wrong to me. We all, we all know Marco Silva, and he's not a defensive-minded coach. It's sort of, I don't know, something feels wrong to me to be sort of looking for Everton defenders this early in the season. If he, I and mean, that could prove to be true. But if I was, a, if I was sort of a manager, I'm not, I'm not particularly looking to bring in Everton players right now, but if I was looking to bring in Everton players, my strategy would be to save the transfer this week and maybe use two next week to bring to, to make the same transfer because then you, you lower your own risk after a, after a poor opening day. Fair enough. Fair enough. You can't argue with that. Um, I, I interrupt you. You were, you were going to talk, I think, about Watford. Yeah, Watford um, don't have such a, a kind opening fixture list as uh, as Everton do. They Their fixtures come good later. So I'd, I'm not sure how many people have Watford assets, but right now, I think given the... Um, 
the, the the history Watford had of doing well for one season under a manager and then doing really badly the next season, canning them and replacing the manager. The, the omens aren't good for them at the start of this season. I would be uh, steering away from their players, particularly the defenders right now. I do I do think Watford are a well-run club, but uh, like you say, they, they get rid of them quickly when they don't do well. So, yeah, I agree. One to watch with Watford. Um, Norwich, Newcastle. What do you reckon, Ben? So I thought Norwich looked lively against Liverpool, even though they, they lost. I, I didn't get a chance to watch Newcastle this morning, but I assume it was classic Steve Bruce, Newcastle. So uh, I, I kind of back Norwich to win this one. Um, first home game of the season, just got promoted. Uh, I thought Timu Puki was pretty lively up front uh, at 6.5. So... I've definitely got my my eye on him once maybe their fixtures get a little bit better. And then I think in midfield, Buendia um, was like their most creative player. He got an assist. So, um, yeah, I, I think I fancy Norwich to, to pile on the Steve Bruce misery train. I think Newcastle will come unstuck later. To be honest with you, I, I think, um, do you remember when um, Roberto Martinez first took over at Everton and they were still really good at defending for a while because they'd been managed by Moyes for so long? I think there's a bit of that about Newcastle. So I think they're going to like still have that about them for the start of this season and then come unstuck later. So you I, think- I tend to agree, I agree with both of you, weirdly. I think I watched, I watched the um, Newcastle Arsenal game or, you know, as much as I could. Um, and... I, there was definitely some of that defensive solidity that had been left over from Benitez still there. And although they weren't fully tested, you know, there were some youngsters up front uh, for Arsenal in the attacking midfield. Um, there was some of that still there. But then, yeah, Puki did look good against Liverpool and Norwich looked good going forward. So, yeah, it's tough to call. But you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think Norwich will win. Fair enough. And, yeah, maybe maybe we change our mind. We bring in Pookie for Kim. Just for fun. <laughs> I should throw that out there. Um, Matt, what do you think of Southampton-Liverpool? Um, I uncontroversially think Liverpool will win this one. <laughs> Bold shout. <laughs> Bold shout. Um, and if you want a bit more information, uh, then I guess uh, the the question mark we're talking about is Mane going to return for Origi is is a good one because Origi did look really really good actually. Um, and if they, I think Klopp likes to manage minutes of his players, so if he has the opportunity to uh, ride Origi's early season form and then uh, give Mane just some limited minutes, then he might he might take that. Um, and the Southampton disappointing loss away at Burnley uh, weren't terribly surprised by it, but they um, will want to show, have a, give a better performance at home. But then uh, I think just Liverpool looked, Liverpool and Man City just looked so vastly better than the rest of the league that um, I expect that we're predicting them to win every single game we see. Um, and I expect nothing, nothing less here, probably a couple of goals in it. So, um, Salah owners can probably debate if they should have um, him as captain. Yeah, the only thing I would add is um, Liverpool play Chelsea Super Cup final. Don't really know how seriously teams take take it, um, but we can maybe look for clues on lineups depending on who who they roll out. Yeah, good. Do you know when they play them? Yeah, it's on Wednesday. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> if it's a long flight, you might look for a higher risk of rotation. It is at the Vodafone Arena. Great, <laughs> <laughs> Istanbul. That's in Istanbul. <laughs> it is good. Good football knowledge. Yeah, I, I didn't Google that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Two English clubs, of course. That's where you'd play it. Well, anyway, what well, if it's if it's in Istanbul? We know who's winning that, don't we? That's <laughs> true. It's true. Well, Chelsea have had uh, two European Cup finals now against other English sides in what Azerbaijan and Turkey. <laughs> and let's not forget Moscow, where Man U beat them on penalties. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so a pretty obvious, you're going for Liverpool win, which is fair enough, and and you're not sure about Origi starting? Or? I'd say if you're, I mean, for, for our team of Mane in it, I think uh, it's, Origi still might start and Mane might still be getting some rest of minutes. Um, as I say, we'll use that Super Cup final, might, might give us some indication. Um, I guess also if they're playing two games in a week, then there's always that risk on Alexander-Arnold as well, who often gets a bit more resting than um, Robertson on the other side. So um, it's one to maybe watch the news conference on the, uh, on the Friday. Yeah, and I think with Alexander Arnold, what we found last season is although he missed games, his points per game was so high that he made it up. You just have to make sure your first sub is good enough to cope with the games he misses, I think, which is tricky. Um, last one up is, well, not last one up, the last one up of the Saturday games is is the big one, Man City Spurs. Um, so you've mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll raise those points again. So potentially whoever is on the left, if it's Sterling, I think it probably will be because I think Bernardo plays more on the right. Mares, uh, Guardiola prefers more on the right. So I think it will be Sterling. And I think he'll be up against either Walker Peters or an Oreo who's just come back from a, an injury. So I think Sterling is going to get some some serious change out of, of a young fullback or a, a, an old fullback who's not brilliant and just come back from injury. So I think Sterling is a good pick for captaincy. Um, Apart from that, I think Jesus will probably start up front again because I think Aguero uh, is older and and Jesus will have recovered from the Copa America quicker. Um, and maybe this is the season finally when Jesus is going to take over from Aguero. Uh, Jesus definitely had a great Copa America, so um, I think that every every sign points to that potentially. Um, and he's playing really well in, in Pep's season. System, he's kind of finishing off those moves uh, like Sterling does. I think his finish um, against West Ham, I had to watch it. I think about six or seven times till I could actually see how he finished the ball because it was so quick, so kind of instinctive that it was hard to see. So, yeah, I think those two are great shouts. Fancy wise, Jesus obviously a bit of a risk, and so Sterling is the man. Mares is a really interesting one because. Uh, who kind of saw him starting that first game after Bernardo's great season and not too busy a summer, whereas Mahrez has had the AFCON. Um, but yeah, Pet went for him and was rewarded. I think it was, was it three assists? Something like that. Um, and I mean, he's scored the goal. He's got the assists. So um, depending on what happens on Wednesday uh, in Istanbul, then um We'll have to see. Oh, no, it's, they're not there, are they? They didn't win the Europa League. Chelsea did, so we won't see that at all. Um, so, yeah, based on the current form, Mares is looking good. And at 8.5, he's a great price. So maybe not now, but if you have that 8 million midfielder, maybe it's Sigerson, maybe it's Bernardo Silva, just keep in mind that maybe Mares will be a good shout once we find out who's first team. Maybe not. Um I'm not sure about Spurs. I didn't see much of the game. Does anyone else want to jump in on Spurs? Um, yeah. So I go for it then. Yeah, I watched it and I thought they were not good until Ericsson came on. Um, and my, my guess is they, they really rely on Ericsson and um, Youngman Son. And Son, I think, I think it still will be suspended for this. I, I would be shocked if they didn't start Ericsson in this game because they just looked a lot, a lot better. Um, when he came on and that that's probably the only thing I would say. And Harry Kane was just being Harry Kane and, you know, whenever he gets a chance, he, he kind of buries it. Yeah. That was my reflection that Harry Kane was just so efficient of his finishing. Like he didn't do anything for almost the entire game. And then he got two sniffs and finished them both emphatically with just like one touch to control, one touch to smash in the corner. Um, he, he looks like a very tempting choice to have up front, but can you fit three big hitters in your team? I guess is the question mark. Um, and I've certainly been watching this game to see if I want to put him in for after this game. I think one thing on Spurs that I noticed was with Ali out, with Ericsson, or you know, all that kind of thing over his future and how he seemed a bit disillusioned. Maybe his form has fallen off the last couple of seasons as well, slightly. Are, are they going to have enough to compete with Man City on this kind of form, especially without Sun as well? You know, that's their three main attacking midfielders. 
Um, I don't think they will. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think they'll be able to counter-attack a lot more than they were at home to Villa, though. And so someone like Lucas Moura will come into the game a lot more. Um, and I think they do have quite a good core to resist um, sort of Man City's attacks. So they've got pretty decent defence. And Dobbier and Sissoko in front of it. Winks passing it around as well. Um, I think they'll be a good challenge still. Um, I think it'll be a different game from the one they had this week. And so it's not entirely comparable. Something that struck me about Spurs, which would give them hope against Man City, is that uh, Ndombele looked absolutely enormous next to all of the Villa midfielders. And that's going to happen again. Um, obviously, Rodri's a big player as well, but um, presumably David Silva and uh, Kevin De Bruyne will play. And neither of them have the sort of physicality to deal with him and Sissoko. So I feel like if... Um, there's like there's something for Pochettino to play with there to sort of turn it his way, if he can turn it into a physical battle in midfield. Um, something that um, I think City struggled with. In, like at the beginning of the game, I thought West Ham looked really good this week, and I think it was because they really pressed Rodri, who was in his first um, Premier League game, and he did he didn't look comfortable with it. But then they tired, and he looked really comfortable afterwards, and that's when City really took over the game. I don't think that Tottenham will struggle that way, especially given that Ericsson is one of the best uh, number 10s in the league at pressing. I think there is something for Spurs, Spurs fans to look for there. Um, I don't think it's going to be a walkover, but I do think Man City are going to win. Fair enough. OK, well, we've, we've kind of we've focused quite heavily on Saturday. We're going to have to rush through Sunday and Monday. Um, so, Andy, quickly, what do you think about Sheffield United and Crystal Palace? You mean I have to rush through this one? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can skip it completely if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's probably going to be another one-all draw or a nil-nil. Very similar to Sheffield United's opening game. Um, it's their first game at home, so they'll be trying very hard. Um, I did very much enjoy Ollie McBurney because he does not look like a, a footballer of any kind at all. But he's actually, you know, he's obviously better than he looks. But um, yeah, he uh, the way his body flaps around like Phoebe from Friends doesn't look like a uh, professional footballer at all. Um, it's a lot, a lot of fun for the uh, viewing public, but I'm not sure there's it's slim pickings for fancy players. I think in that game, it's it's when inverted centre-backs meet a Roy Hodgson defence. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, Chelsea Leicester, Ben, what do you reckon to this one? Yeah, so I I think uh, Chelsea will will win this one. I thought they weren't that bad despite the scoreline against Man U, especially in the first half. Uh, they play some good football. Um, in terms of assets, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out who, who's their first team. Um, Mason Mount, Ross Barkley, both the six million look like great value. Um, Barkley got taken off before Mason Mount today, which I thought was interesting. Uh, obviously, Pulisic didn't start. And also up front, uh, Tammy Abraham started at, at seven million. Um, so I think it's for me it's wait and see on Chelsea assets, uh, and I think I think they will be able to beat Leicester at home, who um, looked okay, I guess, against um, Wolves today, but couldn't break down Wolves. So um, yeah, I think I would back Chelsea in this game. What do you think about Leicester? Did you see much of their nil-nil against Wolves? I didn't see too much apart from some. Uh, kind of brief highlights. Um, it, uh, I think I own Iosi Perez, so was interested to see what he did. He didn't. He didn't really do too much. He was kind of stuck out on the right. Um, his stats also weren't terribly good in terms of not a ton of crosses or shots. Um, so yeah, I think just uh, also wait and see on on Leicester assets as well. I think that's fair enough. There's lots of potential there, but until they start firing, then maybe don't bring them in just yet. Something to look out yeah. for on, on Chelsea, I think, is that Kurt Zuma had an absolutely atrocious match today. And so um, he may not make it to the next game. Somebody else might take his place at a cheaper value and become Chelsea's first-choice centre-back. So that's something I'll be looking out for. That was definitely a pattern in uh, pre-season. Not, not Zuma himself, but the Chelsea backline didn't look particularly solid in pre-season. So that's continued into the United game. And maybe that's the issue where Lampard is placing his faith in youth and you can have those kind of collapses with useful teams. Um, so, yeah, maybe Leicester will get a bit more profit. You know, Vardy could eat those kind of mistakes for breakfast. 
Um, okay, Wolves, Man United. Matt, it's one for you. Yep, so pleased to get the Man U game. Um, I guess I was really impressed with Man U today uh, because they just seemed so energetic. Um, and apparently that's what they've been working on a lot in pre-season is getting their fitness up so they can do a bit more of a high press um, and swarm the opposition as well as getting lots of speedsters to uh, to do counter-attacking, which could be really good for their away away from home form as well. So um, I think some promising signs, uh, only one game in the season, but some promising signs from Man U uh, looking quite good in the Solskjaer mould at the moment. Um, and then Wolves, uh, Wolves was the team that uh, s- stopped uh, Man United's uh, run last season when we were went on that massive winning run when Solskjaer first started. And then I, uh, we played Wolves twice, I think, in quite quick succession and lost both times. So they might have a bit of a hex on us uh, with that and know how to sort of uh, to stop us. Having said that, they do have their Europa League uh, fixtures and there'll be another week now. They've got another midweek game. It starts to pile up a bit. Um, they don't have the deepest squad, although they have made a few signings, uh, just, but they're probably not yet to, to gel in. So... I'm optimistic that Man U can win this away from home against decent opposition like Wolves. Uh, so we shall see. It's just, if you're set up for counter-attack, Wolves love to counter-attack, what's going to happen when two teams play each other? Well, I mean, that's where the pressing has to come in at, at some point, doesn't it? On a, If teams just want to play it around the back, um, then uh, it's up to that one of them to, to press hard and, and maybe force a mistake. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe that'll be Man United. Um, Shall we quickly review our, our Fanatics team and see if we're happy after we've been through the fixtures? I think we had Sterling as captain. Are people still happy with that? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Were there any other decisions we had to make, Matt? Um, <laughs> only if you really want to debate the bench, I guess, and the running order for the bench. <laughs> <laughs> we can leave that up to Ben, who's picking this weekend. Yeah, um, I think we'll default that one and, uh, and move on to gut punts. Okay, fair enough. Andy, do you want to jump in? Because we're missing Gary this week, so you're in, in charge of gut punts. And, the, and an honour it is as well to be standing in for my esteemed colleague. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> He's on a train. He's not gone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he's enjoying his train ride. Um, so, last week's results first up. Uh, Duncan has been convinced, is convincingly in the lead already with 15 points from Divock, the Ari- combination of Divock, Arini, Arizi. Come on, Andy. Divock, Arigi, Arigi, and. Uh... <laughs> Come on, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> And Andros Townsend. So Duncan's on 15. Um, the next highest is Gary on four uh, with uh, Wijnaldum <laughs> and Adams, <laughs> followed by Ben on three, Andy on two, and Matt on one. Wow. Um, Matt Andy, had the. Uh... A... Oh, no, you go, you go. Matt had the distinction of an own goal in his cup punts <laughs> this week. So that was great. I had the distinction of Oxley Chamberlain not even appearing. Um, meanwhile, Ben had the puntiest punt with Holabas, so he got the plus one, um, and Pereira got one for him as well, so a total of three for Ben. So that plus one takes him from joint fourth with me to third. Um, Matt also got Matt got the minus one for um, for the least punty punt with Chris Wood, and so that's why he's on one rather than two. So yeah, that's 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 our list at the moment. Nobody other than Duncan really did anything. So well done, Duncan, for the first week. Thank you, Andy. And that was very unexpected based on... Uh, do you mind just explaining the difference between our, our season-long punts and our gut punts for each week? Yeah, sure. So there were two names on everybody's on everybody's list. We uh, we each picked out a, uh, a punty attacker, a punty midfielder and a punty defender with price limits on each one before the season started. Um, and each week we have to pick one of those three to feature for us as our gut punt season pick. Um, and then each week we also pick a player who has less than 5% ownership um, to, uh, to be our weekly gut punt. Um, there's, uh, within the weekly gut punt, the, the plus one and the minus one bonus, bonus points that I mentioned are given to the puntiest and least punty punt. The puntiest punt is, uh, is decided by price <laughs> and the least punty punt is, divided, is obviously also decided by price. So um, 
Yeah, let's all go punting in Cambridge. Um, I, I hope that makes sense. I've tried to sort of explain the rules as, as, uh, <laughs> as quickly as I can without taking up hours of the podcast. Thank you. That's brilliant and hilarious. <laughs> okay, so um, the, uh, the, the next, the next section, part of this section is to talk about next week's punts. Um, so Matt, to sort of remind, I'm going to remind as we go through who everybody picked as their, uh, as their weekly punt. So Matt, you had Neil Morpy as your, uh, weekly punt. Yeah. So, um, I decided that Brighton have started the season really well, uh, with a goal scoring away win at Watford. So, uh, roll on Brighton at home to West Ham, who started appallingly, um, and just don't look quite as sharp, I'd say, um. And Moifei came on and scored on debut, uh, I think within minutes of coming on. And uh, from the brief highlights I saw, looks just it looks quite quick. Uh, looks like he's a, he's a record signing, so I expect him to get uh, more minutes this week. Um, and and hopefully some goals for me. Okay, uh, excellent. I feel like I'm going all in on Brighton at the moment with Trossard in my main team and uh, Malpoy now my 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 punty punt. Uh, but and I've also got Glenn Murray, but I'm not going to go triple up quite on the Brighton attack. I think that's that's one step too far for my season punt. But um, we'll come to that in a second. Um, do you want to give us a season punt now as well? Oh, OK. Um, so I was tempted by Murray uh, for the same reason. But uh, I think uh, he he came off quite quite early and hadn't, hadn't scored. So I, I reckon he might get swapped for Malpay from the start this time. Um, but we, we shall see on that one. So I've gone for Max Ahrens at home to, to Newcastle. Um, he looks like quite an exciting fullback uh, bobbing forward. Um, and Norwich looked like uh, a team that can score some goals. So hopefully he can sort of uh, get on the act. All right. Good, good. Um, thank you very much, Matt. So, Ben, you're next up. Uh, you have picked Alex Iwobi as your weekly punt. Yeah, I I went for a, a punty punt. Um, <laughs> I just I just think Everton are not looking great uh, going forward. So it may it may be a time for Alex Owobi to inject some kind of life into their attack. He has an ownership of two two percent. So I'm going with Alex Owobi, and then my my season punt. I'm going to roll out Jack O'Connell. From Sheffield United at home to to Palace. Um, hopefully, he can get a clean sheet and, and maybe do some damage um, going forward. Okay, um, Iwobi's an interesting one. Um, Duncan, as an Arsenal fan, what's your thoughts on Iwobi as a, a gut punt? Well, apparently, um, he said in an interview when he signed for Everton that he's quite keen and it's potential for him playing in the number 10 role at Everton, which is a bit strange because maybe that's what he wanted at Arsenal but didn't get. And they said, well, maybe you'll need a transfer. And I know that Gilfie struggled slightly in pre-season and, and maybe, maybe you know, he's getting slightly older. So maybe Iwobi is there to come off the bench and really provide some competition for Sigerson and fire him on or, or take his place. So if he does that and if, Sigurdsson continues to be slightly out of form, then why not? Iwobi's great off the bench as well, so I'll be trying to prove something. I like it. Good. Um, I'm going to share a little anecdote here. There's a guy who uh, I go to the same pub that I often watch football with. Um, he um, he has He's an Arsenal fan, and he had an Arsenal shirt that had Alexis on it. But then when Sanchez left, he put uh, some duct tape on the back of the shirt that covered the S and wrote Wobi over it. So <laughs> it says, Alex I'm very interested to see what he does next with that. <laughs> um, good. So, Duncan, you're up next. Um, you've picked another attacking Brighton player, Pascal Gross, as your, uh, your weekly pick. Yeah, I'm joining Matt on the Brighton Loving. And... Uh... Yeah, it's such a shame. I mean, I should have gone for Florin Andoni, but there's too much love for that guy at the moment from all of us. So I need to share that love. And Pascal Gross, I think um, I think this Trossard chap is a good competition for him. He's come back from injury end of last season. He's hopefully got his fitness back. And 
I think he's a phenomenal player and I think he's at a great price if he keeps his place in that team. And, you know, he was on penalties at one point. He was good on free kicks. He's on corners potentially. So, yeah, why not? All right, good. Um, and for your seasonal pick? I have a choice between Andros Townsend, uh, Jamal Lascelles and Sharp, Billy Sharp. Um, so I'm going to dedicate Billy Sharp's goal to Gary, who I know will listen to this. Uh, got a goal this week off the bench. Gary, a big Sheffield Wednesday fan, so he, he loves anyone who plays for a Sheffield team. And, yeah, I'm going to go with Billy Sharp again against, you know, the inverted centre-backs um, may not work against Hodgson, but maybe they'll get tired and Gary K. Hall will have a little rest and then Billy Sharp will come off the bench and, and poach. That was a lovely poacher's finish. It was so, yeah, so Inzaghi-esque. Just sort of like, dink. And a little ping pong around the box. All right, good, good, good. Um, I have uh, for my weekly pick. I, I'm glad you didn't go for Andone because he's mine. So I'm going to pick Andone. It's <laughs> oh my definitely heavy on the Brighton attack. Um, my thinking behind it is I don't think that Brighton are going to keep a clean sheet, but I think they're going to win this week. And so. Lewis Dunk is one of my season picks that I didn't have last week, which is very, very annoying because I had him on my bench for my actual team and I didn't pick him from my seasonal picks. So I've lost my 11 points twice, but I don't think he's going to do that again this week. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick Andone so that I don't miss out on any Brighton rewards when not picking Lewis Dunk as my uh, my weekly pick. Uh, sorry, my seasonal pick. Um, my seasonal pick, I therefore have a choice between Dominic Calvert-Lewin who has surely a matter of time before he's replaced as a first-team uh, striker by Moise Keane, now he's been signed, um, or Jack Grealish, who is up against Bournemouth at home. I am going to pick Jack Grealish because in his first fixture for Aston Villa at home on their return to their Premier, to the Premier League, I think he's going to be more up for it than he's going to be in any game for the rest of the season. So if I don't pick him now, I'm never going to pick him. So I'm going for Grealish and Andone this week. Good picks, I think. Solid. Um, oh, and only is punty, but you know, you said punty so many times when you gave the introduction, so you've got to go punty. Punty, 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 punty. Okay, nice one. Is that all? All the gut punts. Um, we do it. Gary's not on the pod today, um, but he uh, he hasn't given me his season pick, but he's given me his weekly pick is uh, Timu Puki. Uh, so he obviously um, believes that Norwich are going to score against Newcastle. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay. Should we move on to our, our clean sheets? Um, ben, as you scored the most this week individually, do you want to go first with your clean sheet? Hmm. This is, I think, a tough one this week. I will go Liverpool. Yeah, playing it safe. I like it. Okay, Matt. Um, I'm going to really put it out there and go Arsenal at home. Wow, the, the reinvigorated David Luiz. Yeah, I mean, you've got a 1 0 away, um, so one, one clean sheet already, and Arsenal traditionally very good at home. Um, so Luiz coming in. I, I, I rate Luiz. I think he's a very good defender. I know he, he has public gaffes when he really, really mucks up, but I think that's because. All defenders muck up, but when he does, it always looks spectacular. But actually, he's actually a really good defender. Uh, shout out to my, my dad, who was visiting me this week and said he can't wait to see David Luiz take uh, free kick after free kick and miss again. <laughs> again. <laughs> um, so maybe he'll put I think people will be looking forward day. to Guendouzi um, uh, and Luiz next to each other uh, in your lineup. Uh, which one are you? Am I, am I, am I Louise or are you? <laughs> uh, Andy, who's your clean sheet? Um, I think that Villa Bournemouth is going to end nil-nil, so I'll go for Villa. Okay, yeah, they've signed a lot of defenders, but um, they didn't do so well against Tottenham, so maybe they'll play a few of them. <laughs> that would help. Um, I'm going to go for... Oh, it's tough. It is tough. I'm going to go back myself from what I said. I'm going to go for Everton. I think, although they've got those problems in midfield, I think Yerry Mina uh, 
hopefully is going to be the player they brought him to be. So, yeah, Everton. Okay, back to you, Matt. Um, I'm not sure if I see an, another obvious clean sheet, to be honest. Fair enough. Okay, Ben? I, this is more out of hope, but uh, maybe Sheffield United at home to Palace because I have <laughs> Sheffield United defenders. I think that's a fair shout because, you know, their biggest threat is Zaha, who may not start and may not be there in the head completely. And they've got Benteke, they've got Connor Wickham, and they've got Jordan, who? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's good. Um, Andy, can you see any more? Well, I did state that I thought that Bournemouth would end nil-nil, so that by definition means that I believe Bournemouth will also keep the clean sheet um, going against my Grealish weekly pick. <laughs> <laughs> Covering your bases. Covering your bases. I like it. Okay, I'll leave it there. Um, you know, I would want to say Brighton, but that would be way too much Brighton love, so we'll leave it there. Okay. Um, transfers, we're not going to do our individual team transfers. Captains we picked for our uh, whole team so yeah i think that's it if you don't follow us already on twitter we're at fpl ff fanatics and you know now we're managing a team as a collective we can use you guys and your knowledge as well and we can put out twitter polls during the season so keep an eye on us for that and uh keep an eye on our account for gifts ben is 50 percent gif i think isn't that right at, ben? at least at Part least the operation maybe more <laughs> yeah some of the best gifts you're going to see. So, so check us out on Twitter. Um, and if you do have the time, please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. Um, it would make a great deal to, to us and it would help other listeners find us. So that would be amazing if you could. Um, if you guys don't have anything to more, more to add, then I will say thank you for your insight. Cheers. Ben. Come on, United. Thank you for your insight, Ben. You're welcome. I'm, I'm still shocked about uh, Mark Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Noble forever. And thank you for your insight, Andy. Thank you very much. I'm also going to say, come on, Man U. Come on, David Luiz. 